You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Today, we get to chat with the infamous Barolo Girl. We discuss Truffles, her incredible vineyards, and the history of these amazing wines. So I am sitting here with Julia Negri. Um, incredibly happy to talk about Barolo. Yeah. Oh, she's, Hello. She's the <laughs> winemaker. Um, and uh, before we do a deep dive into um, her estate, um, I would like to get to your name, Barolo Girl, that went viral yes. a couple of years ago. Everyone's like, who's Barolo Girl? Um, which I was so happy because uh, there was a, a little movie, Barolo Boys, and I'm like, why is it always about the boys? Um, so that being said, how many female winemakers are even in Piedmont? Uh, now it's growing quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Also because, yeah, I don't know what happened exactly, but now all the... Son and daughters from the old wineries are definitely more daughter right. <laughs> than son all around. So we are starting to be quite a lot apart. Okay. Like Karabalski, so maybe was one of the first one on oh. his own. But then now you have apart Silvia Altare, but also the Rinaldi oh. sisters, oh, okay. or also in Cadelbaio and Barbaresco, uh, the three sisters, Grasso. I, I have to uh, tell you, these are great names too, the Rinaldi sisters. The that Rinaldi sisters, like yes. It's like a band from the 50s. or uh, uh, Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Very it, rock and roll. <laughs> right. So the, the Barolo girl, what is that? Um, but it was a little bit like a kind of provocation, mm-hmm. if we can say so. Sure. Uh, yeah. It was exactly for the Barolo Boys movement. It was a, um, a movement that, that was back in times in the 80s. Uh, that was unifying few producers from Barolo that they came in the US to let Barolo, uh, to let it known to the US customers that back in time still were not used right. to Barolo. Um, and they were the one who introduced the barrique and all the modern um, style of mm. Barolo and Barolo we divide our production between traditional and modernist now less than before but uh, so I remember probably mm, 10 years ago it was a political divide it was basically uh, people uh, and man it was like political like people I don't drink modern Barolo meaning see, they used a war Right, a war. And Definitely. There was, there was a running joke. Uh, it was uh, uh, two farmers talking to each other over the fence mm-hmm. who are in Barolo, making Barolo. And the and the modern guy goes, you know, I can make Barolo like you. All I got to do is throw horseshit <laughs> into my barrels. Yeah, <laughs> and, no. and, the tr- and the traditional guy goes, you know, I can make you know, wine like you too. All I could do is like put a hundred percent new barrique oak on it, and yeah. and nobody would drink it. But that was really fierce because I remember like if people smelt any oak, it was just like I don't know why it became so political. Um, but I think it's interesting. Like you're talking about, uh, it doesn't. It's it not be- as relevant. It became very political because it changed definitely the style of the wine. Mm-hmm. So you are you were speaking about to completely kind of wine very different so mm-hmm. you know in general from an appellation you have a fil rouge in all the wines right. but by doing in this way that are, were completely different you it's not that one barolo was not similar absolutely not even 
similar to the other one so right. this was a little bit the fight one and mm. the, against the other then it was what the market was asking also sure so it allowed to uh, have now today people making barolo in any kind of way they want but mm. they will sell it Uh, and back in time it was not like this so maybe sometimes people asked me what do you think about the modernist or uh, the modern Barolo and I say I thanks them because otherwise today I would have not maybe been able to make the Barolo also in the most traditional way and sell it also if I do not have an historical name on my back so there are some pro right so there are uh Kind of a new wave of so by the way you you made history also because you were 24 years old and you took over this historical estate um and that made a lot of noise um yeah, I'm a little bit more than 24 but thank were you, you. Lo- oh, okay really okay okay <laughs> thank you very much uh, yes but um in fact i was 18 but then <laughs> oh, so you were i eight? am 18. <laughs> no no no, I'm how, joking, how, joking. How, how no when, when i took, took the estate i was 24 yes wow i mean that's very young but so, did obviously you incredibly immersed in the wine making side of this uh, to be able to step up and start making Barolo at that, that age? So, what were you doing right before? Like, what was the the pre work, the precursor to uh, uh, taking the helm? Pre work, uh, it was in fact not really in wines, mm-hmm. definitely not in wine, because part of the fact that I I born in Palermo. So in Sicily, then I grew up in Rome until my 17 years old, then I was in Milan to study and before I made economics and then biotechnologies and then I went to Burgundy once and I decided that wine would have been. (laughs) I tell everyone who's in this business and anyone who loves wine, I said there's always one bottle of wine Mm -hmm. that like it was the gospel it turns you into like oh my god I, I i love this this beverage i love this business what bottle of wine was that for you was it in burgundy yes huh it was uh Aurignon uh, from ligebler mm-hmm. from le michel ligebler 2007. wow that he opened in the cellar Okay. In the first visit. And then you saw the light coming through the stained glass window. Exactly. And the choir was singing exactly. and the trumpets were going. And I was like, wow, oh. there is something that is <laughs> going on in here. And it was like, it really, see, it was the bottle. Yeah. That, the is, first that, bottle. that, that is the way it works. I yeah, agree. It's, that I it's absolutely it true. It's absolutely yeah. true. Um, I tell you, I, I love uh, Barolo and I love the great Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo to me is the, like, the most difficult difficult intellectual grape to get your head around because in a traditional a, a flavor profile you have tart tannin that's very linear front to the front of the palate to the back of the palate mm-hmm. and then you get rose petal and there's also other stuff that can go on so people don't quite know how to describe it they're like oh barolas are big wines and then you give it to a cab drinker where they're big fleshy wines and they're like the this barolo stuff it's light so, yeah it's light so uh, that's what I like about it like you really have to like figure out what's going on when you're drinking barolo mm-hmm. that I love it's a uh, you said something fantastic earlier you were saying uh, Nebbiolo is a, a man uh, that he doesn't need anyone absolutely <laughs> completely he's very proud of himself and he looks at you from the bottom, from the top, from the bottom, down. <laughs> He's just checking you out, going, yes. I'm, I'm Nebbiolo. 
but uh, I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you. Nebula says, I don't need you. I love that. Um, Pinot Noir says, like, can I have a hug? Pinot Noir is a kiss. Pinot Noir is more delicate. Yes, yeah. he needs uh, to be sometimes also. He wants some comfort in the, the yeah. bad time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he needs uh, a. So, uh, if let's try to break Barolo down a little bit for people. There are really there's eleven villages. There's really five communes that people know or kind of familiar with. You're mm-hmm. in Lamora. Uh, there's a few fantastic single vineyards, Bernate and Gatera. Yes. Um, and things like that. Um, but what? Why do you think like? Nebbiolo has hit this new like it's exploding like people uh, understand it more they love it uh, it's uh, I don't know if it's the combination of truffles I don't know where it is but like I know I've talked to um, older winemakers in Barolo who said you know when my father my father could barely feed our family um, mm-hmm. in Barolo uh, and you know back then there weren't as many producers obviously uh, I haven't been to Barolo in a few years in Piedmont and um, the last time I was there, it was rather manicured. There wasn't seemed like there was a square inch nut that didn't have a vine on it, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, I think that's like kind of like I remember being pre-rot like a long time ago. Same thing, wild vines planted everywhere and lots of like air spaces. And now it looks like a garden because oh, if I can get yeah. fifty dollars a bottle for pre-rot, then I want some of that action too. I think is Barolo going through something like that. Um, you feel? I mean, is there more producers, more planting than ever? I mean, there's only so many square foot. On, on planting, yes, yeah. and then we have so strict rules, and now mm. they closed. It's not possible to 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 enlarge the actors. Mm. So it's just a news from since two weeks that the consortium decided. Mm. So um, it's the limit now will be this one for a few years. Then um, it is true that I think the success about Barolo, but with the Barolo it goes also all the Nebbiolo. Mm-hmm. Barolo is like the locomotive, the, the head of the train. Right. But then we have a lot of um, va- wagon. Yeah, wagons or caboose. Exactly. That, pulls up the that river, will come right. later. And with that, I associate also all the Alto Piemonte mm-hmm. uh, in the Valtellina, really the Nebbiolo, the Nebbiolo zone and region. Right. And I think it comes because there has also been a, an evolution in the taste. So before they were looking all over the world more for the tough wines or mm. more extraction, international varieties, more yeah. borderless style. Mm. And then we were we went more and more toward the um, unique variety, mm. Burgundy. And then Burgundy, the price are crazy, so people were starting on looking around because if you want to take some pleasure from a bottle without That's necessarily spending so much money, and so That's true. You know, I didn't think about it. It's the rising cost of Burgundy, Bordeaux, and even like high-end California cattle and stuff that makes all of a sudden Barolo's not that. It's not unaffordable. It's like you can it, get great Barolo. It's still affordable, a also because if you think that the. We produce per year on average around 13 millions of bottles of Barolo mm. that for all over the world is absolutely nothing. Right. If you for the world, no. It's a small amount. Well, right. I mean, th- really small amount. So the price is still quite low. Robert Parker made a prediction about the fact that when the Asia will grow, mm. as also um, by your power, mm. uh, the price of the Barolo will rise as crazy because it's one. it's a variety that is impossible to replicate anywhere else. Mm. 
they tried also okay, in California in Mexico but it's horrible it, <laughs> yeah. I don't it, know if it's horrible or not but it's not it's terroir yeah you don't have to be no. you, you have to be a, a more diplomatic than I do it's, exactly. it's pretty bad it <laughs> there, is a, there is a study for which the only place on which Nebbiolo could come hmm. is uh, in Afghanistan in a valley in Afghanistan no way yes because there are all the terroir um, variable to, 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 to variances to, to wow. have it there but we have some political yeah, <laughs> issue, the, so the, it's the, not really allowed to, 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 to consume alcohol yeah. in these places, so you can imagine to yeah. make some wine. A little hard to plant when you're being shot at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, uh, difficult to work, um, so we, we do not fear competition at right. the moment, <laughs> then we will see. Not, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I absolutely love Barolo uh, for that reason, and you have a, a pretty unique property in that. Um, you have incredible high elevation and you still are surrounded by forests, am I right? Yes. So you have real biodiversity. I, I am really biodiversity. It's one of the last forests right. at the moment, yes. And the reason why people take down their forests is so they can plant and you don't because you want natural biodiversity? Absolutely yeah. and also um, and also because I think it will become more and more something to to also a right investment to have. Mm -hmm. It will become more and more rare. Right. It is still not at the price of the vineyards. Right. So I'm trying also to buy more of this forest. Right. It allows me to have I, I live like in a piece of heaven without yeah. nothing around and it's still really rustic. Right. You do not have exactly as you were saying before the garden effect, yeah, which I've seen. That, which, yeah, yeah that we called it the Geneva Geneva Lake uh, <laughs> okay. result that everything is perfectly, you yeah, know, it's cut. It's, it's still yeah. a jungle in Serra de Nani. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen pictures. Uh, I'm going to come see you uh, hopefully very soon. I was just talking to uh, somebody about it last night, but that you have, um, that you are these little vineyards are. In a, in a, like surrounded by forests, so it also protects you from the wind. Uh, and then you do have a, a natural biodiversity. Does that help? What, do you think it flavors the wine in but some some regard? You uh, have the, the all the animals right. and all the the insects that goes there. For instance, I don't know. I have like uh, the chestnut. Chestnuts, yeah. Chestnuts completely disappeared on the other side, and it was a typical zone on which chestnut were there because of the disease of the treatment uh, etc and I have like a, a lot of chestnut at mine and I have kind of association of people who are crazy about chestnut don't ask right. me why yeah <laughs> <laughs> who comes to see all the chestnut because they are the last uh, I, I alive in the in all the wow that's, Barolo and that's crazy so like these uh, a lot of insects and on the other side you have to, to, to deal with all the whiteboard and deer who ate your grape <laughs> right <But> that, yeah <laughs> which is not very nice that's, yeah but then uh, yeah. but that's that's pretty crazy you're protecting this biodiversity because I think you are right I mean there's lots of studies that say that uh, this kind of like microbial interplay keeps vines healthy um, they talk to each other yes of know, like, but it's stuff. true it's an ecosystem you know so then of course you will have to deal with some other problem that mm. you know you know when you have only vineyard you do not deal with sure uh, but it's uh, you have pro and cons and 
this is nature. So right, it is. It's, it's exactly nature, mm -hmm. right? Um, so let's talk about a couple of your uh, Barolos. Uh, uh, the one that uh, has a lot of story behind it, I'm sure, is the. Well, actually, they all do, but uh, they're Tatufaya. Yes. Uh, which is truffle, right? So it's truffle okay, forest. Now you must know a lot about truffles. I'm just going to guess, right? Or yeah. do you love truffles? Quite a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we find quite a lot in the forest also. So, oh, so you have we have the chance to eat it often. <laughs> wow. And so you so do you have a, a dog that goes? No, and gets I you? actually have three dogs, but they are completely lazy. So. I used to call them the sofa dogs because they just stay on their sofa and sofa dogs. <laughs> so they are the bosses but then we have two hunters okay. with who we go and they have their own dogs so sometimes um, we make all the truffle hunting uh, during at night uh, and we go around sometimes it's very frustrating because you do not find absolutely nothing and right. you spend like from two o'clock to six o'clock in the morning in the forest, but then sometimes wow. it's really rewarding. What's the biggest truffle? Bigger Me, it was, uh, see. Bigger than your fist? Like right. a f like my fist. Wow. But then yeah. you can have definitely bigger. Yeah. But also very, very small that you say, no, but this, yeah. what can I do with that? It's, it's, not like, even it's like panning for gold <laughs> in exactly, the river. Exactly, more, uh, or, less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more uh, or less. What's your favorite dish? If you, so you just let's mm. let's let's pretend you just pulled it out of the forest behind your vineyard. You take it home and what are you doing with it? First thing, the egg, egg, yeah, uvo, yeah. Like uh, with the with the I don't know how we say in English when you have the the the, the yellow and like, then the black poached, yeah. the poached. Like, yeah. Then when it's broken and warm, it allows to Would have you? the truffle really coming out. Yeah. Or also the fondue. A fondue. So what do you do with that? Like, it's new. Oh, just a, a shaving. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the, that's the best. I the simplest one, I think, are the best one. Yeah. Then, okay, easy to say, the tagliarine. Yeah, yeah, the pasta. With the this, pasta. A little bit of truffle. Very simple. Yeah. Just only a little bit of butter and truffle as rain. So how often? <laughs> so truffle season's coming up in a month or so, right? Cool, it's right? starting, the truffle fair starts in October. Mm -hmm. But then the season, you can find truffle until January and actually also the best one are at the end of the season at we should not say so but ah. yes in December you have the best truffle huh. and, and can you smell the truffles wafting in the air from the fairs and stuff like that it's incredible when you enter in the restaurant you have this whoo, uh, you I, enter you have only truffle uh, only I, truffle I love so you that's why this vineyard uh, is, is called this because this is the vineyard you get your truffles from this is or, or had no in no? fact it's called like this because we always found the truffle in the in the in the forest mm -hmm. and my grandfather actually was obsessed with the truffle so he decided to took off the vineyards back in times mm -hmm. in order to try to have the white truffle in an artificial way ah. so he planted he planted all the trees for truffle and this was at Artufaya. Yeah. yeah okay so when we replanted everything in 2001 the the parcels on which we replanted that my grandfather yeah. was using for making, trying to make the truffle. So I called them La Tartufaya in order to remember a little bit these stories. Oh, that's great. Did he actually have any success? No, because yeah. otherwise I think that 
at this time. It's for Dino. Dino, they grow truffles. They're trying to grow truffles everywhere. Uh, there's a California truffle farm. They inoculate and but the black trees, yeah, the black, which aren't yeah. as good. They're not as good. The black truffles. The are, black, it's yeah. easier, and you have the truffle, the yeah. and the truffle yeah. forest. But yeah. the white one, it's white truffle is is the gold, the yes. gold standard for sure. There's and this is it's quite difficult to replicate. There are a lot of studies that are looking for it, but mm. who knows? So you have this, and my other favorite story which you can tell us is the Sardinari. Yes. Uh, so I love this story. And then we'll talk about the flavor profile difference. But tell us the story of why it's named that. Sardinari, uh, because Sardinari is the historical name of that crew, of mm -hmm. the MJ, that is not the, mm -hmm. our, our, our proselytization in the Barolo appellation. And literally in Italian, it means keep the money. Keep the money. Right. Serra is keep and denari is money. Okay. And it come from the Middle Age, because when there was the Black Plague back in time, mm. you have to consider that Serra Denari is the highest parcel in all the Barolo appellation. So all the people who were living in the lower villages uh, were looking for the most healthy place. Mm. And they, they thought it was in the up, in the hills. So they went up with the few money that they had under their arms, oh. and they made all this work by keeping the keeping money, money under their arms, so this is why it's called the Serra Denari. And there is also a huge legend about the treasure that is hidden in Serra Denari. And me, I grew up with this story from my grandfather and my father that there is some, something hidden in the ground, uh, or yes. Small fortune. And there is a strange man who sometimes still called my father, asking if he found some, he actually he found it something or not or still not so <laughs> sometimes we believe that it's true that there is something and we will never find maybe once that you will come you will try you will find me with a metal detector yeah, right. <laughs> she believes it Actually, you can search for the treasure i'll search for the trouble exactly right. perfect right. so let's do it okay um so that's interesting because the highest altitude you're talking like that's at probably 1700 feet Right? Yes, I mean, 1,700 feet, feet is like the size of a building, and that is like pretty high elevation. Yes. Right? I mean, that's that's crazy. And you have the highest elevation. What does that elevation afford you that's uh, different? In the viticulture? In the, viticulture in the wine. How does it affect in, the wine, you think? It affects the wine because, uh, apart, it allows me to have the freshness and the acidity that for me are really two elements very important in wines. Absolutely. And you know, all the wines have that. When we all taste the wine. Them, also the salty part, mm. all the wine have this saltiness at the end that right. come from me, from, from, from the wind and altitude that they have right. apart the soils. Right. And, um, and the most important is the wind that I have up there, which allow me to have um, drier, uh, dry, drier climates, sure. which it's quite an help for the disease, yeah. And but also uh, very thick skins, for which I have a lot of tannins. But they are definitely soft and round mm. since the beginning. They are not rustic or mordant. Right. Then this is what I'm is a guess because I'm discovering Serradenari too in the sense being the first one in the family making wine. Uh, I do not have you know like generation of generation knowing the vineyards and how they express themselves. Right. You come from a long family of growers, though, right? That have always been there, right? Always been there, but it has always been the countryside house. So none of the family was living there or making the wines. Basically, 
uh, I am the first one in the family making wine there. So, um, how do they feel about a Sicilian-born woman coming up to the north to show them how to make wine? Yeah, Some resistance? Uh, but you know, because I'm, my, my father is from Turin. Right. So, I grew up in Rome. I just miss the northeast part of Italy, right. like uh, some Trieste stay or so who something like that. Otherwise, I'm really the Italy reunited in one person, so <laughs> I'm more reunited me than the average. So, so, who do they hate more, the Romans or the Sicilians in the north? What's who? the most prejudiced against? Mm, they have against both, but maybe more Sicilian. Yeah. Yes. Because I've heard Italian like winemakers people talking shit about the Sicilians, too close to the sun, it's baked their brain. They're not the smartest people. Oh no, except, they are except, the smarter one. No, no way. <laughs> and it's the most beautiful region in Italy so far. Okay. And yeah. they live better than anyone else in all over Italy, in my opinion. Okay. So my idea is to come back to Sicily at the really? end of my life. Okay. This for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. And you and you love wine from Sicily as well. Definitely. I mean, you are a student of wine. We had dinner last night. And we drank uh, some French. Uh, we had Chateau Simon. We had champagne. We had uh, yeah, yeah. We had the yeah, Morgan. Um, so you just love wine. And you and I were sitting next to each other, a little bit talking about like really crazy little nuance about reductive qualities and stuff like yes. that. Yes. I was thinking this has always informed your life. That's probably your biochemistry kind of background, your biotechnical background. I imagine. Or maybe my yeah alcoholic background <laughs> which I, I I basically taste a lot a lot of wine and drink a lot of wine yeah. also because I, think I have the to. little problem that all the money that I earn from wine is spent on wine and yeah. I collect a lot of wines wine. I have a big seller of wine so I've been doing this for like yeah, 25 years and I people always say like how much do you read I say I read a fair amount but the truth is the only way to know about wine particularly what you like is you have to drink a lot of wine it's period so it's no what I say also to my friends I say ah oh, because you are uh, you are very good nose etc but you know the nose is just like memory if you you, you have to train it you, sure. you just have to drink with a little bit more ten attention paying a little bit more attention to what you are drinking and uh, Remembering. Uh, We're gonna have a drink of your. Yeah. Uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> it's a pleasure um, to be here in New York with you. Oh, this is great. And so we're sitting downtown, uh, overlooking the San Gennaro <laughs> Italian <laughs> festival flags, and they're setting mm -hmm. up the carts. Exactly. Uh, um, must make you smile. I, I doubt that uh, they do uh, kielbasa and uh, sell fanny packs in Italy for, uh, to celebrate. Italy. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's mo it's very Sicilian to have the the light mm. like this on the street. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's pretty crazy fair, but um, uh, so. I feel I, a little bit in Italy. A little bit. You're at the moment, out, now right? I did. Yeah. I saw the tortellini on the dance. We saw the tortellini, the homemade pasta store. We're right in. We're on Mulberry Street exactly. downtown. Um, there's a couple of great places down here. I come down and shop, but um, for. Uh, what do you think is uh, so? Let's describe a couple of the differences between the the single vineyards uh, or the crews of your uh, Barolo. Like, give let's so we can start to describe so people uh, when they're looking for your uh, wine and your name is Julia G I U L I A Negri N E G R I. Just so when people are looking for this wine, um, they spell it right. And, <laughs> and please, everybody, Google Barolo girl. You know, you know, it's, 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 it's a treat. But uh, so, what is the differences, and 
we were just discussing the wind and the altitude would affect. N now we're going to talk about what the soils mm -hmm. do to these wines. Yes, so. basically what I've started with this, what I've started on doing with these three different kind of cuvées, we can say, of Barolo, is to divide all my soils by their nature. So um, we have La Tartufaia that is on the clay, mm -hmm. clay major clay or soil, uh, deeper, so the top soil is deeper, mm -hmm. uh, it's more rich, so it gives to the more um, more resources to the vineyards, mm -hmm. uh, more vigor, there is more uh, more um, more grapes per plant. So it's uh, the Barolo, I used to say in a positive way, the mm -hmm. by the glass one. Okay. In the sense, it's more on the fruit, on the Lamorra, typical okay. kind of, and Lamorra is quite known for being more feminine and more fruity. Yeah. Uh, so it's the one that it's more approachable, right. if we can say approachable since the beginning. It seems like it has powerful, it's powerful, and I think clay brings power, but mm -hmm. there's also a finesse to you this see, wine, it's, um, right? it's round. In these days I develop like um, a kind of uh, uh, comparison mm -hmm. with tissues of the, of the, of the, of the... Cloth? Of the cloths, right. exactly. Right. So this is like... How we say wool, wool, wool. Well, okay. exactly. Yep. Okay. Then we will have the Saladinari that will be the cashmere. Wow. And then the Marasio that is the um, Chinese, uh, the Japanese silks, the silk exactly. Wow. As tannins, so we can start from yeah. there. Okay. I developed it this morning. I was thinking about this comparison, oh. so I'm oh. very proud now to oh, announce that. it to uh, all of you. <laughs> Well, you heard it live. I uh, will cannot use it again because it will be already known. But then I love it. So actually, let's um, let's get to the silk. Let's taste some of the silk. Um, Directly the silk. Oh, you're not patient. You have to pass through the cashmere before. Okay, that's true. Okay, you're totally <laughs> right. I'm gonna do the cashmere first. I do like cashmere. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Uh, so the Saladinari, which is the other vineyard. And it's um, such a great name too. It just rolls off your tongue. It sounds so beautiful when you say it. Um, I'm uh, sorry, I'm no, so no, drinking. No, <laughs> uh, we're just gonna go sit at Balthazar and have lunch afterwards. So. And uh, so the Saradinaris. Now here we go on the sandy soil. So uh, the top soil is definitely thinner, uh, less. It's drier. It retains less water. And it's incredible how it's changing the aromas because you go from the fruit of La Tartufaia to the floral and mineral side of Serra yeah. in Serra Denari. Definitely a lot more floral. Yeah. Completely. You have the rose. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, And you, you start on having all the, um, the sous-bois, the forest mm. part. So um, I'm really happy. I was talking about this with Ryan on last days mm -hmm. because I'm very happy as a winemaker you know the, the, the greatest satisfaction is when your wine when someone smells your wine can in some way imagine the vineyard from where it come from from sure. where it come from I'm very happy because when you smell this wine you can imagine a vineyard in the highest part very windy with the trees that move and make the all wow. the yeah. the the, the rumors mm. so um, I'm very very satisfied about this on, on these wines well, I just tried the wine for the first time uh, a couple of days ago and uh, that's what floored me also just how drinkable they are there's this idea these are the 15s that we're tasting 
the idea that parole is like, oh, you can't drink parole for 10 years, is it, it doesn't, these wines fly in the face of that. Um, there are some Barolo producers that take a long time to come around, but I like these right out of the gate. I mean, you can drink these wines, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, fantastic, like pasta or whatever with these wines, and be really happy. I mean, there's not those hard tannins. Then fifteen has also been a vintage that in this sense with the altitude mm. it helped me a lot on having this because fifteen is for me is really a vintage full of light mm. when I taste it. It is very shining, it's uh, more open, more approachable. Yes. It remembers me in some way of two thousand eleven. Um, it's about like luck though Barolo's on a string of like really great vintages right I mean it's been no see we'll, we'll talk about the, <laughs> yeah. the, what's going on currently in a minute but but on average yes because you have to, to consider that back in times Nebbiolo is a very long ripening cycle variety mm-hmm. so it, 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 it ripe in a long long period so back in times it was quite difficult because the average vintage was definitely cooler. So yes. uh, the best crew would have been the warmest one and the best vintages the warm one, but it was completely different. You you were facing like one and maximum two good vintages over ten years. Right. Nowadays with the global warming right. that is coming on and the climate is definitely changing. It's it's funny when I was there last uh, I. Uh, had they had this image because I read somewhere that you know the best vineyard sites in the dead of winter you can see that they're the ones where the snow's already melting mm-hmm. and I'm sure back in the day a long time ago when there wasn't a lot of science used this was the common sense this empirical evidence that was made so much sense like oh, are you kidding me look at that ice ice look at that exactly this is like melting but this is warm like Sori right it's so. named Sori because it was where the sun was uh-huh. okay Right. was going so it was the warmest part right. but it's funny now you probably wouldn't know but yeah I was there. talking with my father because consider this was also the Marassio that would be the last mm. wine that we will taste mm. is in the highest spot and for me it was absolutely not in my mind because for this reason I was stuck that the best vineyard would be on the bottom side right. not on the top part of the estate so it never considered it really as a good vineyard but then it has always been the last one to be picked because for logistically reason it ripe all the time 12 years 12 days later right so always vinified apart aged apart and then by making the blend blind my favorite one so i've decided in 2015 actually this is the first vintage and i'm making it and so i was walking with my father last time and i was seeing it was winter and i was saying Let's see if maybe in a few years the best crew will be the one <laughs> where the snow lasts more. <laughs> That's true. That's the inverse. What Respect you about. Uh, what has been before. Wow. I don't know. You know, you sure. never know. So <laughs> it's funny. Maybe one of the things that I like on being a winemaker or a grower mm. is really on the fact that you have always to know that you do not know. So you have statement. to be... Yeah. So it's uh, and there has to be a level of acceptance. This is what I've been given. This is what it is of, mm. uh, is about. Um, it's crazy to look at. Uh, two things strike me all the time. It's like if you think like the the everyday New Yorker talks about the weather a lot. I mean, winemakers. It's the weather is the nonstop conversation um, non-stop. that that you have and. 
uh, I mean, if you look at global warming through the uh, prism of uh, winemaking, it's kind of crazy. What you look what you see where like German Pinot Noirs are now so much better. Too. Before it was always like tomato, like the green part of a tomato. Incredible. At yeah, the tomato leaves. Right, and 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 Rieslings are. I mean, everything has just changed in the mm -hmm. wine world. Uh, in Chateauneuf du Pape, there's a there was a producer that said. Uh, was telling me that uh, they pick last and they just kind of they joked with them these things will never get right well now it's one of the cool the, the best sites because uh, of global warming absolutely uh, you know and those wines are powerful and get a lot of heat mm. anyway so uh, so you want to be in the cooler sites and you're right now it's, it would be the inverse where the snow doesn't melt is where exactly. actually plant then it's also true that we were speaking about also the big crew will always remain the big crew because mm. I think that a great vineyard will remain a great vineyard yeah. always. That's true. So That's maybe some new crew will burn like right. Zella Denaria, I hope. Right. In the sense is my my challenge is what I'm trying to to right. to let discover to the to the customers. But then uh, the biggest crew will always remain big mm. but it's on us. That right. we have to follow the climate change. We have to work differently. Oh, absolutely. So does anyone else have any wine from this crew? There are, I don't know, make it in purity apart. There is Dozio is a neighbor mm. and Da Milano owns some. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Dan Giacosa owns okay. some. He's in the bar it's in and the Barolo Classico. And does he use the name? No, no it's in the Barolo Classico. Still okay. not. Okay. But it will come the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad you couldn't have like <laughs> trademarked it so nobody could use it exactly. except you. But this was uh, wild, so yeah. you know, when I had to choose the new brand, I kept Sadadenari because it's the historical name of our estate. Right. Uh, and yeah. I think that it will become a, a great crew. Yeah. I, I, and no. it will be also named and linked always more <laughs> to yeah. us because it's the biggest and more representative part of Cerro de Nari. Right. So I, I don't want to look pretentious, and absolutely not. But um, well, I we, have a, a, we a were, goal. <laughs> we walked around New York. I wasn't with you for a lot of it, but you saw 40 people. Yes. And there was not one person that wasn't wild that said, I need this as soon as it comes in. And that, to me, is the ultimate. I always say, mm. it's like, you can talk all you want how great a wine is. You put it in the glass mm -hmm. um, or you put it on the table. And if that's the bottle that's empty, that's the bottle people loved. And I think that's what these wines are experiencing now. Because these are brand new to the New York market. It's vintage under your 100% of your control. And um, there's a, there's a, a character here. There's a, a uniqueness to these wines. Mm. Uh, and I drink a lot of Barolo, uh, I love it, but when I taste these wines, there was a big wow factor. I was like, I don't know what's I going on wow here. I love wow factor. Yeah, the wow factor. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to meet Julia when she comes to New York. So, And then my second thought is, I'm going to get her on the podcast. Because <laughs> and Barolo, we found the time, and it was quite hard. Because, <laughs> man, everybody wants to see you. And so I <laughs> the squeezed schedule you. was tight. Uh, and we'll come uh, back to the limer for the kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> you walked a lot, right? <laughs> I walked a lot, but yeah. it's okay. We have to be now ready for the harvest next week, so yeah. I had to... Come uh, back on. So I know, I, you know, people have this romantic version of like what a harvest yeah, is. The bucolic the, side. Yeah, the bucolic <laughs> no, side. It's is, absolutely right. not. It, it is like crushing, like prison labor, right? It really yeah, is. I a, mean, see, everyone thinks that picking grape is it's funny and yeah. romantic and easy. It's like all my friends that ask me, may I come to meet the harvest? Are you sure you want to come? Because mm. then you will not stay one hour right. and you say, no, now I stop. Uh, right. you, you 
you pick the grape for 10 hours if it's necessary. I did it once, and then the last time I was in, uh, I, I was in uh, Piedmont, John Franco, I think, said, does anyone want to help harvest? And everyone was, was like, oh my God, I will. Uh, and I was the first one going, not me. Like, what do you, I'm going to sit in the piazza and have have a little aperitivo. Exactly. And maybe have a little something. A little eat, red. A little red. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone came back, and their hands were cut, and they were bleeding, and their backs of were Of course. Sore. No, no, man. It's, it's backbreaking labor. I always in harvest lost at least... Um, Five kilos in two yeah, months like for pounds, all the work that pounds, you right. might. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I think we could form and a business. And then when you start on selling wine in January and yeah. going around, it's a moment that you recover all your lost. <laughs> I, I just thought of a great idea. We could like CrossFit harvest. Exactly. Because you know those like CrossFit people Take love the boxes. To, yeah, CrossFit people like to do the weird shit, roll tires, exactly. you know, lift boxes. Like I could come on, I could charge Perfect. them. Perfect. For the training session, and they can That's be your, the idea. <laughs> they can be your labor force. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this. Uh, so we'll talk. Um, well, the other thing I, I really love about the history of uh, this area, which y you'll shed some light on this, is the idea of uh, Nebbiolo was always kind of aged out of necessity. If you had a farm, you you planted uh, yeah, maybe some dolcetto, some barbera, some Nebbiolo, but you you worked the farm and so you had to have wine to drink on your table dolcetta balbera you pick it you crush it you can pretty much start drinking it right yes oh, it's all too fermentation all it puts in the bottle but the nebbiolo was almost like well we couldn't get to it because if you've ever worked on a farm there's like a million things to do the nebbiolo is the one thing that we can wait on and i think that started am i right that it started the kind of tradition of letting it sit in age um yes natural... it was also need always it needs definitely more time there right. is no way then it is also true that you know back in times it's funny to say that 40 years ago no one was buying barolo I know, right. and barolo was given as a present like the damigiana which is our you know the it's like a jug yes. yeah. it looks like a uh, uh, if you're at the water cooler the it's thing like a fiasco yeah. a big fiasco yeah. let's yeah. say a big jug yeah yeah 54 uh, liters right. it, it is wild to watch the arc of that because um, after the war and stuff, I mean that area was decimated. Uh, some of the great food comes out of the kind of like, well, like when you're that very pocket. poor stuff. Pa Panzanella salad. Si, si. You can't throw that bread away. It's, We've got to reuse that bread, the... soak it with olive oil, and now Panzanella salad is a fancy dish. The bolito like, is horrible bolito. to say, but it was yeah. just everything we have. We will cook it for a long time in yeah. order to avoid every kind of. Because uh, you waste nothing. Nothing. Um, and back then, you if you if you made Barolo, you got a hard time making a living. And now, you know, lots of people really driving either. Ferraris. Exactly, uh, definitely. <laughs> and the value of the soils are quite different. But before, the, the Barolo was given as a present if you were buying 10 damigiane of dolcetto. Uh, right, okay. And nowadays, we are in the opposite, in the sense. Yeah. Dolcetto is not really easy to say, despite... It is a very great wine when it's it is well-made. It yeah. is tricky to work with right. because it's tricky. It's a juicy, fun wine to drink. I yeah, it I is like lower in alcohol. I think yeah. it's really, it's a pool wine yeah. when it's well-made. You mm. can drink it a little bit cooler on the pool. Right. Um, so Nebbiolo is one of those things that just kind of stops me dead in my tracks. I don't care where it's from. It could be... Uh, you know, from like Carosa makes a great one from you know the, the, the or the Longi Nebbiolos or whatever. It's just just something about it. It just makes me stop and think. It, it it's like the the David Foster Wallace of like uh, of wines where 
you know, he's a, he's a writer that like you every page takes like 30 minutes to read because it's so packed with nuance. I feel like that with oh. Nebbiolo. I have that same kind of feeling when I saw me open the bottle. I just sit in front of it and think. No, but it is true. It is yeah, true. Like but that. when the people ask me which kind of Barolo is your favorite among yours, I say, no, man, it's a matter of moment. Yeah, it's I completely know. different. So I will have one that I will drink it in one moment, another in another, another. Yeah. and Biola, I will drink it as. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because it's it just goes. You are not even aware that you are finishing this bottle. When it's finished, you say, "Oh no, there was a wall on back on it. It's not possible yeah. that I drank it all." Yeah. Do you have a favorite pairing with your uh, with your Barolo that you go, "Wow, this really this sings. It's beautiful." Or is it still? Sincerely, um, no, I do not have a favorite pairing mm. with. Mm. It definitely get better with the with the with the food, mm. but I love it with a lot of food. Right. It's something that then maybe it's also my palate that is made like this, but I can easily drink Barolo also with some fish. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. I you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I I I I feel the same. You know, my go-to is I just love Bavera. It's like my Bavera is my table wine. It just always by nature has more acid. Uh, it makes my mouth salivate. It's juicy. It's fresh. You can't go wrong drinking Barbera. No, you know what we make oh. as when we make. I, I used to make at mine like a dinner with a other producer once per month mm. with a wine uh, ten in the sense anyone I don't know. Tonight is Riesling. Tonight is Syrah. Tonight yeah. whatever. And we have a lot of wine. Right. And so we have two stuff that we use to rinse our mouth in between the the first one and the second yeah. part of the tasting or champagne or barbera <laughs> because the acidity clean everything that's why i love barbera but does so, i think uh italy um italy by far uh i think out drinks any country for champagne for such a small country they drink a lot of champagne they love we love champagne yeah how do you like that? I is? should not say it. No, I know, I know, because you should be drinking Franciacorta. Uh, don't don't the, bring me there. No, I know, okay, I won't, I won't. We don't need to badmouth anyone. I am, anyway, a little bit campanist and nationalist, so I have to be... Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, we love champagne. It's one of our, the biggest markets for mm. them. We love bubbles. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest change you've seen in the last five to ten years in Barolo? No, you're very young. I'm very young. So, what's the biggest change? Do you hang out with a bunch of other young I don't think it's... I can give really a, a big answer on that because okay. I'm, 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 I, 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 saw, I saw definitely less stuff with respect to a lot of other producers. Mm-hmm. But are there, is there like a cadre? But it's crazy as on the day-by-day, the mm-hmm. people that are coming... The tourism is growing, but really, yeah. you 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 walk through La Mara and it seems to be in in Cabri. How many people are there in wow. the high season? It's crazy the amount of visits that you have. More and more, really, you can do this twenty four hours, making tasting. So yeah. no, it's really good. So you have a tasting room. Big. It's, tasting room, it's yeah. going crazy, right? It's, it's becoming Too crazy. Too many German I am now gl- Black socks. The <laughs> now all over, from all over Europe, but yeah. also Asian, US, quite a yeah. lot. So a lot of people. I'm now just hired uh, a, 
a, a colleague of mine just for making the tasting because otherwise I'm not making the mm. winemaker. I would only welcome people right. and taste the wines all the time, which I absolutely like. But then <laughs> yeah. uh, you also yeah. have some other stuff to do. What do you dream about? What do you dream about? Like what? What? What is like your dream? I mean, you're very young. You are making exceptional wine uh, that people love. Uh, you're Barolo girl. What do you dream of? Like, where does the next beautiful part of your life happen? I'm still at the beginning. I, I hope of my beautiful part of life. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are in a very great part of your life. So uh, you're not even thirty. Yeah, it has been the last year very, yeah. very full of satisfaction for a lot of reasons. Yeah, that's great, yeah. Uh, so, apart, the, what has been my set since always, so it's apart, let discover certain areas a crew that I hope to let it discover to the world how, which kind of wine can come from there. And apart, the dream to make a great wine in my yeah. life, and mm. great wine are... I'm in a good starting point. I think you're in a great starting point. I think for your, your dream, let me help, I'll flush out your dream. If they mention Sadanari, the next word out of the mouth is Julia Negri. It's <laughs> right? Wouldn't that make you like incredible happy? Uh, let's see. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. And, uh, and so apart that, um, that it seems, it could seem quite obvious, but it is not. It seems a simple answer, but it is not because it will take a lot, a lot of time. And what I hope is that it will never, it, it, it will take all a lifetime and maybe you will never really reach what you want because I hope to never get bored yeah. in life in general. So yeah. I hope to be always, I th yeah. be so charged and yeah. thinking that, okay, to have a dream every time of my life to sure. be followed so now apart that i would like to start also on, on starting on doing some other rarities mm. all over italy of wine and in particular i'm thinking about apart some grillo grillo and catarratto in the southern part Cata of city ah, okay that makes total sense yeah but also there is another variety that really for me is very interesting that is cesanese del piglio oh. But you, you don't even see Cesanese, it's uh, usually a blended grape, I see it in more than some Tuscan wines, I think, right? Or... Cesanese is a variety, but then it's in the Lazio, Lazio it's yeah, near okay. to Rome, but it's not so known, but yeah. it's, uh, it is similar to Barolo, to Nebbiolo in some way, as the Aglianico could be. Mm. Uh, and so I would like also to, to, to start on vinifying something else. So if you're not... If you're not in Piedmont making wine, where would you be? That'd be like, you'd be joyous about. Where would that be? In southern Sicily. In Sicily, yeah. Do you have a favorite Sicilian producer you want to talk about? I have a lot. Okay. It depends on the area. Right. So, from the Edna, easy to say, Passo Pisciaro and Terrenere are for me yeah, among the best. Then you have a lot of other smaller producers that are starting. Yeah, I like the Passo Pisciaro. I particularly like the, the weird turn that uh, Franchetti makes doing Chardonnay so it's, it's still on volcanic soil so okay. kind of like, like growing crucible. it's really good I love yeah, Catarato and all the, the Catarato for me has a potential as crazy yeah I like uh, Benanti I, I've had Benanti I like Benanti too like yeah. but then on the other side I like 
apart the, the grillo, uh, I had the chance to taste the, the grillo from Cantina Barbera yeah. two days ago. Yeah, from Memphis, yeah. Those and it wines. was amazing how yeah. salty it is. Yeah. And another oh, winery that, that is very good is Baglio d'Oro. Hmm? It's okay. incredible. It seems like to drink uh, oyster water. Oh, I love how that. How salty it is. Oh my god. Okay. I was like, wow, it seems to look like the, 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 the river side of the sea is incredible. Oh. The, 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 I don't know how to say in English now. It's one week, sorry, that I'm speaking in English and I'm starting to forget. <laughs> also, you speak, you speak English, Italian, French, and you, Spanish. And Spanish, so yeah. Uh, I think I have Pig Latin and, and English down, and my English is. Anyway. Um, but uh, that's pretty cool. So your dream would be to be there. Give me your dream meal. What's your, your, your like, a dinner that you've had that you were like, wow. We were just that talking I about had Where's in that? the past uh, that mm-hmm. I already had or that I'm dreaming to have. Yeah. Uh, no, like, what's the last meal you're like, that was one of the best meals I've ever had? Or it doesn't be the best of, but like, wow. Like, blew you away. New York? You want Italy, to know? Where? No, no. I want to know, yeah. Sicily. Sicily, okay. Catania. Catania. There is the parents of one of, a close friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, where I always go to Catania, and uh, Nello is the father name. Okay. He cooks us crazy. Yeah. And he prepares all the time that he knows that I'm coming in town, he likes start on collecting like the um, eggs from the fish, Wow. Uh, so like Bortaga? Like not Bortaga, this was, I don't know how it's called in English, the, the one was the, the fish was the sword. Yeah, swordfish? Yes, yeah, okay. the eggs of that, and they made like a pasta with the eggs of that. I will show you later the picture. Oh so delicate and amazing. Then he made the calamari yeah. filled with the eggplant fried, as in the Parmigiana way, what? with all the nome. Oh yeah. Also, thinking about it, I'm like. Uh, I can see your eyes dilating. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> no me. Really, he made some stuff, but also the polpette, the meatballs that he make. It's incredible. It's wow. like. Is there super. a secret ingredient somebody should be using? These are the best meal in Italy. You can have it. Wow. It are in the house, are not in the restaurant. Wow. When, okay. When you have people cooking in the house, sure. it's the best yeah. meal you can have. It sounds like it's very good to hang out with you. Definitely. <laughs> I don't want because to be... Because if you're going there... But I... See, see, in this sense... Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, quite a lot of family who cook very, very well. Yeah. well that's, that's always good. I love, like, sitting in somebody's home and having a meal. Um, I'm so happy that you could make the time to come on DOTJ podcast. And um, the wines are spectacular uh, for Barolo drinkers who don't know you, but if they're looking at Barolo Girl, they're going to start to search out your wines. They actually hit New York in October, yes. the first week of October. So you should call your retail store, ask for them in your restaurants. Um, uh, you have my emails, johnny at D-O-T-J podcast. If I'm, if you buy bottles and you're not like, call, you know, sending me emails saying how amazing and thank you so much. Exactly. Uh, you will, you will be doing. Which kind of tissue it is? Yes, what kind of tissue, what kind of cloth? Did you have the cashmere? Did you have the wool? Did you have the silk? And by the way, you're right. Uh, this this is uh, the, the Marazio is absolutely silk. It's just gorgeous. Uh, thank you, Julia, for being on. Thank you, John. Such a pleasure.
Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. Thank you.